Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. So today we've got a very quick uh, bonus episode, a mini-sode, uh, where we're going to be going over how to approach Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate draft. Um, so we're going to give you a little bit of info about how it works, some tips and tricks, uh, a little information on the archetypes, so that if you haven't done Commander Draft before, uh, you'll have a little bit of a guide for for how to break into the format and and have some success. Um, so do you want to kick us off with how this format works and how it's different from regular draft? Yeah, because uh, it is fairly different. So the first thing you'll notice when you sit down is that the you'll start with your normal like three card or three packs, but the packs are going to be pretty thick. There's going to be 20 cards per pack and you're going to draft two cards per pack. Um and that means a few things. It means it's like a little more forgiving and it's a little easier to draft synergies or like let's say there's a rare you want cuz more likely than not you'll probably be playing with friends or maybe casually, so uh, maybe there's just a rare you want to pick up. You can pick up the rare and something else you want at the same time. It it feels a lot better. Um, the deck you're going to end up with is going to be a 60 card minimum instead of 40. Um, so it's your deck's going to be a little bit bigger because you're going to end up playing a commander game at the end of it. So you can't, like, <laughs> that would be pretty ridiculous. You'd run out of cards really fast. Um you have to draft your commander. So this is a very important point of the format. So faceless ones are free. So at the end of the draft, if you like don't have the color that you need or you think you need, you can pick up a free faceless one, um, which is the background enchantment uh, legendary creature that lets you choose a background if you want. Um, but it also is a background itself. And... Uh, color identity will apply to your deck. So let's say you draft a blue-green deck. Um, you can't splash for like the fireball that was passed around. Like You'll have to be in red for that. Um, and then the last thing is that other than color identity, the singleton rule doesn't apply to commander draft. You can draft as many arcane signets as you want. Just as many of them as you want, as you can pick up. Just put them on in your, your deck and it should be totally fine. So um, that's the format as a whole uh, is, I guess, do you want to start going in on just some general tips for drafting a commander deck in this format? Sure. Um, I'll start with one significant difference from regular draft, um, which is in a regular draft, because there's eight people and you're passing around a 15 card pack and you're only taking one card at a time. Like you can count on wheeling things occasionally. You can sit, you can figure out sort of what the people around you are in, if anyone else is in your archetype, and you can plan to like, you know, be a little bit greedy with what's going to go around the table. But because everyone's taking two cards per pack, like if you start off with 20 cards, you're only going to see four the next time you see that pack. So the odds that something is going to make it all the way around the table back to you are much lower and you really shouldn't be counting on things wheeling unless you're in like an extremely narrow archetype that wants bad cards yeah um, exactly like if if there's some like combat trick that's what you're going to be seeing constantly throughout the whole draft so don't expect any like 
decently good common or uncommon to stick around like if there's a nature's lore it's not gonna make it back to you i'm sorry Mm -hmm. um but that kind of brings us to the next point is you're gonna have to go hard on commanders so the rare commanders are pretty strong and making sure that like your deck works with your commander is going to be actually a big part of these tips that we're talking about so the rares are very worth it uh, as like the card you're going to be able to cast like multiple times in this limited game like the more impactful your commander the better your games are going to go for you well I, i will say that like you should be careful because the way they designed the set is that it's a little easier to like the the more narrow your color identity is of your commander um or actually i should say like the more colors it is, the more specific the deck is. Yes. So, like the three color commanders are like very, very specific in what they want you to do. And so it's, they're pretty good, like pack one, pick ones, but it's really hard to pivot into like a, you know, like a Dyna Air, uh, you know, pack three, pick one. Yes, absolutely. Whereas, whereas it is a lot easier to pivot into like, you know, uh, a cool new background or something that you open up. Yes, which is uh, kind of the next point is don't be afraid to pivot if you see another commander that's open or you're three picks in on pack one and you've noticed like, ah, like blue-green dragons isn't isn't really being picked up on. I, sh- I might be able to go into that. Um, the whole point of the backgrounds and the choosers is that you can pivot if you need to. So maybe you're green, red to start. You notice that green, blue is more open than you thought. Pack two, just go ham, pick up that blue background, that blue chooser, whichever one you need, and make it happen. So there's a ton of mana rocks in the set. Just pick them up. <laughs> you get two picks per pack, um, and there's like a million cards in the set that make a mana of any color. There's Arcane Signet, like I said before. There's Bronze Walrus. Burnished Heart helps fix your mana. Um, there's the Decanter of Endless Water uh, that is a, basically pass for mana of any color. There's Treasure all over the place. So it's still a game of commanders resource accumulation is still important so make sure you're picking those up the more times you cast your commander the more times you're probably gonna win (laughs) i I will mention though um one thing we we brought up a lot in the set review is that they did a really good job of making it so that the mana rocks um reward narrow archetypes there's like you know three mana rocks that give you benefits if you're casting dragons um, or there's a mana rock that can untap your commander. Um, so just keep in mind that if you see a bunch of mana, if you're like thinking about, oh, I probably need to get a mana rock, um, there's a chance that one like that's specifically good in your deck will show up at some point rather than just, oh, it's this is just a mana lith. Um, yeah, definitely. But also on that note, there's only one Arcane Signet. So if you yeah, see an Arcane okay. Signet, probably worth picking that one up but there's a ton like i said bronze walrus is three mana there's a ton of these three mana ones and four mana ones cycle of uh, diamonds yeah so you'll see them definitely pick them up it's a 60 card deck so you still want you but it's commander so you're you're gonna want a decent amount of mana just to keep your game plan going um and then kind of at that same time that this is a good point to bring up that 
uh, you want to prioritize synergy over removal. So going in hard on a commander early, so like uh, seeing that there is a Ragged Draga uh, in pick one, like pack one, pick one, and going in really hard on a Ragged Draga early is going to benefit you more than just picking up generically good spells um, and having a deck that's just kind of mid working together with maybe like three or four like bombs or something like that. But having like a Ragged Draga and like a ton of mana dorks and like a synergy, like synergistic plan that works together well, like if you draft that better with more synergy than your opponents, you're probably going to do way better than them. So don't ignore removal, but just pick it up casually. Your synergy is going to be way more important than trying to answer everybody's threats. Yeah, and, and on that point, um, it is it is a commander game, and I'm sure many of you listeners have played games of commander where you were able to sort of rely on your opponents to answer your other opponent's threats. Mm-hmm. Like that removal, someone is going to pick it up, and there's a pretty good chance that when it gets cast in the game, it won't necessarily get pointed at your stuff. So you can kind of uh, be a little bit of like a... a a slacker, a loafer, <laughs> um, and just rely on your opponents to pick that removal and then spend it in exchanges with your other opponents, which, you know, put opponent A down a card and put opponent B down a card, and you and opponent C get to high five over that exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, so so keep that in mind. Removal is useful. There, There is going to, I mean, hopefully you will make it to the finals of your pod and, and just be 1v1ing someone. And at that point, the removal does become of utmost importance but the like the the exchanges that the removal for for threat exchanges are not something you're going to be you don't want to do a ton of those yeah there there is only one commander in the whole set that will reward you for drafting heavy on removal and that's zevlor so if you pack one pick one a zevlor you know what sure go ham on your removal but other than that you're probably going to want Synergy, card draw, things that are going to keep your game plan moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just just pick it up when you can. You know, don't don't stress about it. Um, so, I guess kind of we went over all the main points. So, let, do you want to go over the archetypes real quick? Sure. Um, so we the first one we're going to talk about is white blue blink. Um, so this has like a lot of ETB creatures, a couple blink effects. Um, You'll you'll notice that some of the commanders in the archetype in this archetype are things like um, things like OG the Exquisite Blade. Uh, there's also a background that can blink your tapped stuff. Um, that'd be Far Traveler. So mm-hmm. and and of course like Abdel Adrian kinda does it. So there's a couple yeah. of ways that uh, a couple of things that support this archetype, and um, it's. Definitely like slower synergy oriented, like value creatures type of deck. Um, but what's the next archetype? Yeah, the next archetype is going to be uh, pretty broad. It's blue black initiative. Uh, and basically, there's a ton of blue and black cards in the set that deal with like if you've completed a dungeon um, and they want you to, to do that. The only dungeon that you have access to in this set is the initiative so having uh maybe some of the blue things and black things that say get the initiative are maybe a little more important some of those mana rocks that work with the initiative might be more important for your deck um and the kind of stand out 
commander again is the the pointer commander Rosa Rail Kingpin um, that rewards you massively for if you have completed a dungeon. This is the when it ETBs you get the initiative. It has death touch. It's a two five death touch. And then if you're attacking, a creature gets death touch. And if you completed a dungeon, it also gets plus five plus zero oh, and first strike and menace. So um, you can see how much this color wants to finish that off. There's also um, a couple um, choosers and backgrounds that support it, like both Imowen, Mystic Trickster, and Safana, Calimport Cutthroat, have they give you like some sort of base benefit if you have the initiative, and then they give you a larger benefit if you've completed a dungeon. Uh, and then there are there's Dungeon Delver, which is a background that gives your commander creatures the uh, ability to trigger room abilities an additional time. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's also some backgrounds that give evasion to make it a little bit easier to get back the initiative. Um, so definitely some good support out there. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to get into the next one? Sure. Um, so the next one is red, black, and it's treasure and sacrificing. Um, so the, the pointer uncommon for this one is everyone's favorite cat demon. Uh, that's going to be Mahadi Emporium Master. One red black for a three three legendary creature cat devil. At the beginning of your end step, create a treasure token for each creature that attacked or sorry that died this turn. So this deck is going to have sack outlets. Um, there are one or two threaten effects in the set. That's uh, a classic synergy for these types of decks. Um, and there are some some supporting choosers and backgrounds. Like one background that works pretty well with this archetype is Agent of the Iron Throne. Commander creatures you own have whenever an artifact or creature you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, each opponent loses one life. So if you're sacking lots of treasures, if you're sacking creatures, you're just going to get a lot of triggers and, and it's going to help you spread the damage around pretty well. But do you want to tell us about the next archetype? Yeah, so the next one is uh, red-green dragons with a focus on power. So um, this is kind of a combat-focused version of dragons where your um, kind of signpost uncommon is going to be Thrakus, the butcher, uh, which when Thrakus attacks, your dragons double their power. Um, but there's also, uh, as we were mentioning, some backgrounds that help out with that. There is the, oh, what's the um, the attack one? I can't remember its name off the top of my head. When you attack, you give another creature the power of the the commander oh. you're attacking with it makes your guy what's his name yes. oh hardy outlander that's what it is mm -hmm. so when you attack with hardy outlander um with your your commander hardy outlander gives another creature plus x plus x where x is your commander's power so this is kind of like going hard on like big things smashing pretty hard um green has a lot of rampants per usual so you'll be able to get some big things down uh, buff your creatures pretty well with some of the other cards uh, some of the other archetypes and plus one plus one counters stuff like that and really just slam so um do you want to get in on the next archetype yes so the next archetype is green white tokens uh the, the pointer legend for this is kadira color of the small although there are many choosers and backgrounds that support it uh, so kadira is one green white for a three three legendary creature orc ranger with trample and when she deals combat damage to a player, for each token you control, create a 1-1 white rabbit creature token. So you need a little bit of token generation to kind of kick her off. But 
after a while, she kind of just fuels herself. And um, fortunately, like this is a multiplayer format. It's a little easier to find just one player to get in at. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they've worked to make the format a little bit less board stally than Commander Legends 1 mm. was. Yes, yeah, so uh, that that is actually something <laughs> I should have said earlier that I forgot to put in the notes. Uh, flyers are very good. So Menace, Flyers, Evasion, still very good. I would actually draft that pretty highly, especially if it's the choices between like two separate three drops. I'd pick the one with flying. Uh, but yeah, th- there are some, a couple of creatures that work really well with this, um, like Chooser, uh, Ellen Harbreeze. Um, it has the ability to tap and essentially like get a little bit of card advantage card selection whenever you make tokens. She has tap, look at the top, X cards of your library or X is the number of tokens you created this turn, but one into your hand and the rest on the bottom in, in the random order. Um, so she works really well with that. Inspiring Leader is a background that gives commander creatures uh, you own have creature tokens you control get plus two, plus two. Veteran Soldier, which is whenever your commander attacks the player with the most life, uh, you create a one-one soldier uh, or tap token each opponent. And then there's a couple green um backgrounds as well that can either reward you for for having tokens or um or just create additional tokens so mm-hmm. a lot of good value in that archetype yeah jahira is very good in this one because you can jahira gives your tokens tap to add green and means you can crank out some like big threats pretty quickly mm-hmm. um so the next archetype is basically aristocrats it's white black sacrifice um and this one is uh there's a lot of stuff in the set that does white black sacrifice the commander that kind of works best or rewards you best for it is minthara merciless soul this is the uh experience counters commander so creatures you control get plus one plus oh for each experience counter you have uh can go off the rails pretty quickly if you're sacking enough things and you get experience counters when uh, at the beginning of your end step if a permanent left the battlefield this turn. So that could be a treasure, that could be a squirrel, that could be anything. Um, there's a lot of things that sack things. Uh, tokens are going to die as they attack or block. Kind of follows the similar patterns of what you've seen. Multiple of the choosers have uh, tap sacrifice stuff. Um, there's Skullport Merchant in the set, so sack a creature or treasure to draw a card. So this is just exactly what it sounds like. Uh, you'll have stuff to sack, you throw it away, you get a benefit, um, and it's it'll pay off for you. It's a, it's aristocrats. <laughs> so um, what's the next archetype? Yeah, the next archetype um, seems to uh, well, it it's it's the graveyard deck. Um, this one is black and green, and there's a lot of self-mill and recurring things from your graveyard. The pointer uncommon is Kaga, Shadow Archdruid, two black green for a 1-4. Uh, when she attacks, it she gains death touch until end of turn and mill two cards. And then once during each of your turns, you may play a land or cast a permanent spell from among cards in your graveyard that were put there from your library this turn. So clearly you want a lot of cards that and mill you um and you want to run a lot of permanence in order to to get the maximize to, to really maximize her ability and there are uh several choosers and backgrounds that work pretty well with this 
Erinus Gloomstalker is two and a green for a three three death touch. And when it attacks, return target land card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, there's also Cloakwood Hermit. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, if a creature card was put into your graveyard from anywhere this turn, create two tapped 1-1 one, one green squirrel to creature tokens. That's a background that also works pretty well with this archetype. And then uh, Black has some sacrifice outlets or, or benefits for having creatures in your graveyard. Um, so a lot of ways to define yourself in this archetype. And there is a fair bit of overlap between what you're doing with the, the the black cards in this deck versus what you're doing in the aristocrats deck. Like both of them really care about getting creatures to the graveyard, um, having a lot of creatures in your graveyard, and and some of the rewards don't care whether you mill them or whether you sacrificed them. So so definitely it's if you've if you're seeing like a lot of strong black sacrifice outlets and sack fodder and those kinds of things. Um, maybe just like stick in black and then keep an eye out for whether you're seeing more uh, white or green synergies. And, and then a little bit of red too, because you have that um, that sort of like treasure archetype as well. So black seems pretty deep in the sense that you can just play around in there for a while and then sort of move into any one of these three decks um, based on what's coming around the table. Yeah, so uh, the next archetype is uh i mean as even you may notice a pattern some of these uh archetypes are repeating this is going to be some of the explicit ones this is uh green blue dragons uh specifically ramp so this is like big spells big creatures uh big dragons casting multiple spells in a turn um like adventuring and then casting the thing you adventured that kind of stuff um and this is going to be pretty bread and butter um magic <laughs> as far as like stuff you are doing the signpost uncommon uh for this archetype is going to be the um what's the scale lady the um corlesa scale singer um specifically calls out dragons um but lets you look at the top card of your library is a one four dragon bard for two mana green and a blue if you are ramping, there's going to be less lands in your deck. If there's dragons on top of your deck, you can cast them. So it's kind of virtual card advantage there, or I guess literal card advantage there. Um, pretty straightforward. There's a bunch of arc, uh, backgrounds, Acolyte of Bahamut, which gives your commander uh, reduce the first dragon spell you cast each turn by two. Um, there's generally good blue uncommons and things that tap for mana or make treasures uh there's things like renari merchant of marvels who you can cast dragon spells as though they had flash as well as artifacts so this is just uh oh and there's just a ton of dragons <laughs> that's the last thing so like on top of the rares that are dragons there's like multiple common dragons because of dragon folk so like a nimble claw adept uh which is a two three for four but it's a dragon wizard that can untap some stuff it's just a common in the set. Or Pseudo Dragon Familiar is a 2-1 flyer for 3, and you can pay 3 to give it flying until end of turn. So these are just things that are dragons, happen to be dragons, uh, and they all work pretty well for you. The next archetype is Blue-Red Dragon slash Spells. Um, and the signpost uncommon for this is Lausanne, Dragon's Legacy, 3 Blue-Red for a 4-2 Legendary Creature Dragon Shaman with flying. 
Whenever you cast an adventure spell or dragon spell, Lazan deals damage equal to that spell's mana value to any target that isn't a commander. Nudge, nudge. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so this is another kind of rampy spells deck. Like you, It's a deck that you want to get your five mana commander out so that you can really start playing your game plan. But really this, I mean, we talked a little bit about how there was sort of like a cluster of black decks that are all like sacrifice and a mess around the graveyard. Uh, there's also this like teamer cluster of decks. And I kind of feel like you can do a similar thing where it's like you see like uh, an acolyte of Bahamut or or some other really good dragon reward. And then maybe you can like pivot around these three colors just based on what you're seeing the most of, what works best for you. Because there's a couple different dragon rewards kind of spread out among the crawlers and um, also like spread out among the choosers and backgrounds. Even Blue has the Feywild Visitor, the two and a blue legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have whenever one or more non-token creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, you create a 1-1 blue fairy dragon creature token with flying. So that's a way to get more dragons out there onto the battlefield and, and work a little bit better with your dragon tribal effects. So all three colors can sort of contribute to this. And so you can just sort of stick maybe in color with the strongest rewards that you're seeing and then move side to side based on how the, the draft progresses. Mm-hmm. Which uh, brings us to our last archetype, which is red, white, mirrored. But really, it's kind of just doing stuff in combat. Lots of combat tricks, lots of flash, lots of stuff that's going to mess with your opponents. Um, and the reason I bring this up is because a lot of these cards will like interact pretty favorably with artifacts. Um, because the signpost uncommon is Commander Liara Porter, who is a 5-3 for 5 that has whenever you attack spells you cast from exile this turn cost X generic less to cast, where X is the number of players being attacked and you exile the top X cards of your library until on a turn you may cast spells from among them. Uh, it's pretty good. Basically, you can drop her attack with a bunch of guys and immediately cast a bunch of stuff, uh, assuming they cost three or less, which is a lot of the uh, artifacts in the set. So um, kind of wrapping up what Nick was talking about, Jan Jansen is actually a really, really good um, three-color commander to go into when it comes to this uh, this set as well. Uh, as you kind of notice, some of the archetypes are explicitly called out. It's dragons blank, dragons blank. That happens three times. But if you look at Jan Jansen, Red White Myriad works really well with the um, with the artifacts and stuff. Uh, white Black is Aristocrats, which makes artifacts and sacks things. And then Red Black is Treasure and sacking things. So all of these things are things Jan Jansen facilitates. So it's kind of the same. If you can um, get into one of these colors, it's going to work out really well for you. Um, you'll be able to pivot pretty easily into whatever's open. Um, that kind of happens with ball as well, which is, uh, kind of the last point I wanted to make. I think those are the three strongest, like rare tricolor commanders because you, you can go really deep. Like I said, on maybe in a Zevlor trying to control everybody or a nine fingers keen, if you can pick up enough gates or like a miracle, if you can find enough things that like do anything 
relevant <laughs> that like stick around, which there's there's some in the set, but like a Mazzy, like True Sword Paladin, there's not that many auras. Um, so it's if you build around it, it'll be good, but like it's it's a little harder to make work. Same with Gorion, same with Dynahair. Um, most of the three color commanders are pretty focused. Bane is a great example. Toughness Matters is like kind of supported in the set. There's the one enchantment that's really good. But Ball is just pretty generic. Like when your stuff dies, your like things start attacking. Pretty easy, fits into most of the archetypes that are there. You can ramp them out really fast. Um and that mostly does it. I think that's it for for everything I wanted to say. Um, do you have any last thoughts for people gonna have fun this weekend, uh the release weekend for Commander Legends? Uh no, I, I would just say good luck in the pre-release, everyone. Um make sure you're aware of card prices going into this because this set is designed to make it easy to rare draft. Um yeah. <laughs> the the lands are good and they won't be this cheap forever, so consider that when you're making your picks. Um but yeah, just have fun. Um and definitely think that this is if it's anything like the original Commander Legends. There's going to be a little bit of board stalliness. The games aren't going to be super fast. Um, you can lean a little bit more towards value and synergy than towards um, speed and, and even raw card power. Um, so just keep those things in mind and have fun, everyone. Yeah, have fun and we'll talk to you later. All right. Uh, before we go, I'm going to, I want to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Gustav, Ryan, Addison, Rick, Raphael, Kyle, Laser, Charlotte, The White Clays, Hannah, Andy, James, Logan, Roger, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jamie, Matthew, Kyle, Brandon, Kevin, Jeremy, Russell, Dylan, John, Micah, Troy, Roxanne, Charles, Daniel, Andrew, Jason, Paul, Johan, Jonathan, Christian, Jim, Emmanuel, Andrew, Vasilios, Logan, Logan, Frugal, Brutal, Carl, Oscar, Danny B, Daniel, Iriel, Jean-Francois, Drew, and Recta. Thank you all for supporting the show. If you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at commander theory. And on Twitter, I am at fat Bartleby. You can also email us at commander theory at gmail.com. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Nick Cage. You can check him out on SoundCloud. And if you're interested in some other creative products I'm working on, I have a band you can check out. We are a pink punk, pop punk band called The Have Nots, all one word like Cosmonauts. Uh, you can listen to all of our music for free right now. You can just head over to thehavenots.bandcamp.com. That is T-H-E-H-A-V-N-A-U-T-S.bandcamp.com. And check us out. Let me know what you think.